wonders. Can you eat a nettle? What food comes from the sea? Do potatoes like seaweed? Does honey come from bees? Ever wonder what to grow? Ever wonder what to sow? Let's get in the know. Let's find some pop wonders. Hello and welcome to Pot Wonders, where we have all the answers to the food questions you've been wondering about. I'm Warren, and I'm excited to head out and about to answer your questions. But first, to find out what you're wondering about today, let's check in with our roving reporter, Moses Murphy. You're listening to Pot Wonders, where we wonder about all things food, from sewing it on your plot to cooking it in a pot. Hi, I'm Moses Murphy. I like banana, potato and mango. And I'm Pot Wonders roving reporter. And I'm hungry for answers. Answers to the questions you've always been wondering about. What food can we eat in spring? Now that's a good question. We went to visit organic farmer Fiona Falconer at her Wild About Farm in Wexford to find out more. Well, this is spring and spring is my favourite time of year. Why? Because all the buds are starting to grow and you can pick all the berries and fruits and because you can actually see all the buds starting to grow now. That's right. And do you know when you know spring starts? Now, I know because this starts to come up. Do you know what that is? No. No. What does it look like? It looks like some type of weed. Wild garlic. It is wild garlic. And things start to grow because once the ground temperature reaches four degrees, then all the plants start to wake up and they start to stretch and they start to grow. So it comes at slightly different times of year each year. Like this year we had the snow, so the ground temperature was colder for longer. So it's taken a little bit longer. So this is wild garlic and this is one of the first plants to grow in spring. So this looks a little bit like a tulip leaf, doesn't it? Yeah. Similar to a tulip leaf. And it's the leaf you eat do instead we have to, of... Do we have to eat this? Let's see what it tastes like. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes like normal garlic. Except it has more of a tang. It's much it more tastes, beneficial. It tastes nice. When I tasted it first, it tasted like garlic, but the rest tastes like leaf. Like leaf? <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Lucy? Yeah. I think it's... Uh, yeah, it tastes really nice. I like garlic, and uh, I think it's cool that we can actually have leaves as garlic. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Well, there is a big spice to that garlic that I really like. It's, well, well, it is scrum-diddly-umptious. <coughs> Do you know what I think? I think I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get you a drink, a nettle drink in a minute. What do you think, Kira? What? It's kind of nice. <laughs> You're not yeah. a huge fan. It's Do you ever eat garlic bread? Yeah, well, garlic why don't we make some garlic bread with the wild garlic and yeah. then we'll see if we yeah. can convert Kira into <laughs> wild garlic. Huh? I think that's, that's a good nice. idea. I love garlic yeah. bread. It's so <laughs> Spring is a great time for picking wild garlic and later on Fiona and the taste buds will be making some wild garlic bread. But for now, I have a feeling there's something else our listeners might have been wondering about. What did our ancestors eat in spring? Here's the history bit with food historian Dr. Regina Sexton. Long, long ago. Spring, for lots of people, it's the start of a new year with new growth when everything is going to be new again. Spring is a great time because you can start thinking ahead and you can start planning. There's going to be lots of new things around. 
And I suppose for people, for most of time, people recognized how the year was very closely connected to agriculture and what happened from one season to the next. So spring would be the start of the agricultural year. So the farmers get really busy. The lambs are in the fields. The hens are going to start laying eggs again because they kind of would stop up at various times. So what happens in spring is that the grass starts to grow and all green things start to sprout. And if you ever watch hens, hens love going around foraging and picking and they love green things and they love different things. They're like us. They like different tastes and different variety. So they'll start plucking all the new green things that are growing in spring. And of course, what happens then is when they eat all of those, that gives you a really interesting egg when they start laying eggs. And the spring egg is really important because the yolk is a gorgeous yellow colour. And the gorgeous yellow colour comes from all the different things the hens are eating. So people love spring eggs. And in the fields as well, connected with the grass and all the new green things that are happening, are the lambs and so on. So you get greens. And I just don't mean grass when I say greens now. So they're plucking all different types of uh, leaves. The lambs are, the sheep are, the hens are. The cows will be as well. And they're getting ready to have calves. So there's all new things happening. New birth, new eggs, new greens. And in the middle of all of that, what happens in Ireland and in other parts of the world as well, is that there is a big time when you can't eat at all because it's going to be a fast And in the past, you see, people ate the things that were local to them and what the farmers could grow or what maybe was imported as a special food like sugar or chocolate. But also the other thing that maybe people thought about when they were eating and what they would eat and when they would eat it was religion. So in Ireland, a lot of people were Catholics And the Catholic Church had a time in the year, several times in the year, in fact, but the two big ones would be before Christmas and before Easter. And these were times when you had to think very carefully about things you were eating, but also it was a time when you couldn't eat certain things. They weren't allowed because that was the rule of the church. And Lent goes on for six weeks. In that six weeks, people were not allowed to eat things like meat, And they weren't allowed to drink things like milk or they weren't allowed to eat eggs. And this was a bit odd, you see, because the hens are laying lots of eggs. So it's kind of a strange time not to be able to eat them. So you had to come up with kind of ways around the rule. And one of them, of course, was having pancakes on the day before Lent begins. Because Lent begins on Ash Wednesday. And before that day, you have a kind of a party with all the things you can't eat for a while. So you have pancakes and, you know, pancakes are made from eggs and milk and flour. But the big things in there are the eggs and the milk. And what people would do then is because the the hens didn't realise this was going on. They didn't know that that, that people couldn't eat their eggs. So they kept on having eggs and laying eggs. So then people had to think about, well, what would they do with all of the eggs? And they would preserve eggs in butter. So what they would do is they'd get the fresh eggs from the hen. What happens is when when the egg is really fresh, the shell is hot and the shell is porous. It's got tiny, tiny little holes in it that you can't see, but it's 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 porous. So when it's hot, it's kind of very porous. So if you rub the egg in your hands, maybe with butter or fat, what will happen is the heat of the egg will melt the fat, the butter, and it will soak into the egg. 
And what happens is when the egg cools, the shell will get harder and it'll, it'll trap the fat inside the shell. So it's like a little case of preserving and they're buttered eggs. And then they couldn't eat them for the next six weeks. So what you had was you had a pancake party for Pancake Tuesday. And then you went into Lent when the foods that, that you couldn't eat were clearly uh, marked and people wouldn't eat them. But throughout all of Lent, they'd wait. And at the end of Lent, there was another feast, another party. And that was Easter Sunday. They actually would have feasts of eggs and they'd have games with eggs and all of that. And you can see that happening in lots of places all over the world. They have special games with eggs. In some parts of Europe, they make beautifully painted eggs and decorated eggs. So the egg is the kind of the celebration for Easter because of the, the fasting and not being allowed to eat them. And also, of course, this is because it's a symbol of new life, because it's going to be a, a rebirth, a new thing. And eggs are really good for you. They're fantastic. They're a complete food. They're fabulous. And the hens make them. And the hens love free-ranging around eating and plucking away at all the green new growth of spring. Time to check in with top chef and organic farmer, Darina Allen. Foraging is another thing you've got to learn how to do. Do you know what foraging is? It's collecting food in the wild. And this is something that a lot of people no longer know how to do. Actually, it's almost like a forgotten skill, but it's a wonderful thing to learn. So if you go outside your your kitchen door, outside your house, and you look around, uh, even in an urban area, and you start to look even in the park around the pavements or whatever, you'll often see little plants coming up. Now, do you know something? A lot of those are edible and they're really delicious, a lot of them, and they're really nourishing. A lot of those wild foods have more uh, nutrients, vitamins, minerals and trace elements in them than a lot of the very highly processed food on the supermarket shelves. So, for example, nettles, I mean, those stinging nettles, they make a delicious soup or you could cook them and put them into your mashed potato and that's delicious. I mean, it sounds yucky, doesn't it? But actually, they're, they're delicious. And also the things like watercress, chickweed, as sorrel and then of course in the autumn there are blackberries and hazelnuts and elderberries and all sorts of things so the funny thing is that where some people see weeds when I go for a walk I see dinner and so when you go for a walk with your um, friends or with your mummy or daddy bring a little plastic bag with you then ask is this edible is that edible now don't of course eat anything without checking first that uh, it is edible and then be adventurous be more adventurous than all your friends be courageous and have a bite and see and taste the things And the other fun thing is that a lot of the flowers of those plants and indeed the flowers that are in your garden are are edible as well. Can you imagine? We use a lot of flowers to sprinkle over our salads and to decorate cakes and little buns and all sorts of things with them too. And it could be even herb flowers like chives or elderflowers are also delicious. You can make a lovely elderflower cordial to make an elderflower lemonade with that. And then there are lots of little books you can buy on wild foods and foraging too. So this could be the beginning of a whole new adventure. And then you could even take your friends on uh, little foraging walks and teach them when you've learned yourself. Time to check in with the Science Buds to find out more. Okay, so today on Pot Wonders, we are talking about spring. And there's something that happens in spring that I really love things start to grow don't they especially flowers so what kind of flowers can you think of any that grow in spring 
Dandelions. Dandelions and daisies, that's right. And there's daffodils. So there's lots of different flowers that start to grow in spring. So I thought we might do a little bit of an experiment on flowers and how they grow. So what do you think flowers need to grow? Water and soil. soil. Very good. So how about we do a little bit of an experiment on the bit about water, okay? Okay. Do you know where it gets its water? From the stem. From the stem, it does. It takes it up through the stem. Yeah. Yeah. They have roots and they're able to suck all the water out of the earth into their roots. But then sometimes they have to get it right the way up to the top. Any ideas how they do that? Hmm. It's basically like you drinking. It's like drinking. What do we sometimes use when we're drinking? A straw. A straw. I have one here. See that long stem there? Sometimes that's a bit like... A straw. A straw. That's right for you. And that's how they can suck the water all the way up to the top. So will we do a little experiment to show that that's happening in our flowers? Yeah. Okay? And to do that, we'll use colour. Because everything's better when you add colour, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have three little jars here. So we're going to put a little bit of water into each of them. And then we're going to add a little bit of food colouring. What colours have we got here? What colour do you think that is? A purpley, reddy colour. Colours that? Orange. And this one is green. Okay, so how about we add a different colour into each of our three pots with a little bit of water. And then we'll put a flower in each and we'll see what happens. So will we get started? Okay. Great. Okay, so Rowan, how about will you pour some water into this first jug? Okay. Okay. Great. So we'll add the colour in a minute. Okay. Fia, will you do the same thing with your one? Yeah. Okay, and how about I'll do the third one, will I? Add a little bit of water. Okay. So what did I say we'd add next? Do you remember? Food colouring. Food colouring. Very good. So Fia, what colour would you like to add into yours? Purple. Okay. Now, that's a nice deep colour, isn't it? Looks like Ribena. Looks like a berry juice, does it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to put yours here. Rowan, there's two more colours left. Which one would you like? I'd like the green, please. The green. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. What does that remind you of? A smoothie. A bit like a very dark green smoothie. Would you drink that? Not that one. (laughs) Okay, so how about I do the yellow one, will I? In the middle. Okay. Oh, that's a really nice colour. It's kind of like a yellowy orange colour. It's like Like the the sun. sun. Like the sun. And what did you say, Rowan? Syrup. Syrup. That's right. I really like that colour. Okay, so all that's left, let's each choose one of our... We have white flowers here, don't we? Yeah. Okay, so how about we each choose one? Are they a little bit like any kind of flower you can think of? Daisy. They're a little bit like a daisy, aren't they? Yeah. So how about we pop them into our bottles? And now we have to wait. And hopefully they're going to suck the coloured water up and we'll wait and see what happens. So will we come back to this in a few minutes? Yes. Okay. Remember how we set up our flowers earlier on? Yeah. So we put them in three different colours, didn't we? We mixed water with food colouring and we had three different colours. Do you remember what the colours were? Green, Green, purple purple and 
orange. Green, a purpley reddy color, and a yellowy orange. Is that right? Yeah. And then we orange. put them aside for about an hour. And I have them here covered now. Would you like to see what they yeah. look like now? Are you excited? Yeah. yeah. Are you ready? The big reveal. Ta-da! <gasps> wow, look at those. So what color were our flowers when we started? White. White. And now what do they look like? They look um, different colors. They, they look like the colors of the... The liquid The food coloring, don't they? So, Rowan, which one did you set up? Green one. The green one. Okay, and Fia, which one did you do? The pink one. <gasps> Have a look at that. Isn't that really pretty? Yeah. So what would you say has happened? I say that it changed colours on the petals. It has little lines in it. Just like the food colouring that you added. And look at mine. Isn't that really pretty? That's probably the most one who got the... That's the strongest colour, I think you're right, isn't it? Aren't they so pretty? So remember what we were wondering about flowers taking in? Water. Water, Water, that's right. Remember we said they kind of suck them up like... Straws. 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 And I th- them. we had coloured water down here. And now, for it to go up into the flowers and colour them, it must have sucked it up through its... Stem. Through its straw-like stem. Exactly. So I think that was a really bright and very fun experiment. Would you agree? Yeah. Yep. You like that one? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Time to check back in with the taste buds in Wexford with Fiona Falconer for today's recipe. Where do you get wild garlic? In the wild. Well, it only grows in the wild. It's actually really, really difficult to cultivate. So you can try and grow it from seed, but it's actually very, very difficult. So the best way of getting it from the wild is when we moved here originally, I went to Courtland Woods. And I dug up a pile of wild garlic and I planted it all around under the trees and in the beds and stuff like so that. So it spread its seeds and it started to grow and it grows. new collections. And then if you come down here in about six weeks' time, you won't see any trace of it. It'll have all gone and it won't be back till next spring. Um, we've just put washed a fairly decent clump of wild garlic into a food processor. Just going to put a little bit, maybe uh, an egg cup worth of oil. In with that. And Heather, will you blitz this for me? Just press it down. That's it. Keep blitzing, okay. Just gonna give it a mix because we want all the leaves to blend. So we just mix it up a bit more there. Yep, come on over. Okay, we'll put a little bit more oil in. Just press the top down. Oh, good job. Okay, that's enough. It's more pungent now because we've, we've, yep, yeah, look at the smell there. We've started mm. to release all the, um, all, all the, the oils because in the, in the leaf, there's all the oils that make the smell. We're going to put it on a piece of a part baked roll. You know the part baked rolls? Oh, are those the ones that you get? You buy in the shop, but you have to cook them at home. That's the very ones. Oh, I love those rolls. Okay, so we get our rolls. We have our wild garlic that's just been blitzed with a bit of oil. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to cut it in half. And try it. We're going to make garlic bites. We're going to toast it. So we're going to just load it on then. Oh, no. Are we going to put it under the grill then and just... We're going to pop it in the oven. Oh! 
and then let it go crispy. And, and let it go crispy. Now, if you want, you can put grate some cheese on top, some Parmesan cheese on top yeah, of your, your one. Garlic. I like to. We're just going to pop these in like that. And literally, wait eight to ten minutes on these rolls. What does it taste like? Garlic bread. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's St. Patrick's Day garlic bread because it's so, so green. It tastes, I actually taste like normal garlic bread. But it is, it's wild garlic bread. What do you think? It's, it's really nice. It wouldn't be like the normal garlic bread, but it almost just tastes like garlic bread. Well, I didn't use butter because um, we have two lactose intolerance. Mm. So it's just done with the oil. Normally garlic bread, you do it with butter. My mom, which make it creamier. My mom uses a special garlic butter and that's what makes the garlic bread taste like garlic. Oh, yeah. This is a natural wild garlic butter. Mm. It's really yum. All in tender, all ingredients combined together. Just Even if it's just a few bits of garlic and oil, it still combines really well and it goes really well on the bread. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think this... that's the winner, isn't it? Are you all going to go home and make... Make dinner for your parents now. <laughs> I think we all have one thing that yeah. we need to say though. We need to say a big thank, thank you to Fiona for cooking for us and showing us around her garden and giving us all these wild ingredients. Wasn't it yummy? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know thing. what I'm wild about? What? I'm wild about the taste buds. Aww. <laughs> Not you guys. Do you know what? Today my favourite thing that I ate was um, the garlic bread because it was really nice and I oh, loved it. My favourite thing was the um, pesto on the crackers without the cheese. It was so yummy and potential. My favourite thing was everything she made. <laughs> everything. I might even try myself to try and make some like this if I knew the recipe. Well, you have made my day, own because the why we do this is because we want people to think about where their food comes from, how it's grown, how it's made. So they ask questions. So it's not just opening a, a pot on a shelf. You know where it comes from. You know how it's made. Um, so I'm delighted with that. Feeling nosy? Well, hold on to your snouts, because it's time for the Guess the Smell quiz. We all love tasting things here on Pot Wonders, but also we like to smell things because we know that smell is very much involved in tasting things. Did you know that, taste buds here in the studio with me? Did you know that you can, when you smell something that you taste, you're tasting the food with your nose? No, not really. I'm going to give you a couple of things to try now. But you're not going to taste them with your mouth, you're going to taste them with your nose, you're going to smell them. It's the Pot Wonders Guess the Smell quiz. <laughs> so, I'm going to put items in front of you, you're going to have your eyes closed and your nose open, and you're going to guess what the item is. Then I'm going to let you open your eyes and see if you can get more clues from looking at the thing that you see. But your first guess is with your eyes closed, and your second guess is with your eyes open. This is quite a strong herb, but it's nice in summer in certain type of foods. So, sniff test. Sniff test. Okay, when you're really sniffing there. <laughs> it smells horrible. And over to Oscar. Can I sniff again? Can I open my eyes now? 
At least it's not the thing that I tasted in a restaurant. Horrible. Can I open my eyes now? You can open your eyes, okay? So this is the herb. It's flat-leafed. What is it edible? It is edible. Sometimes you put this in like salsa or tacos or fajitas or like guacamole or curries. What does it taste like? Coriander. Yes. I was <laughs> That was brilliant. Poor I'm Vivian didn't get a chance to say her, her guess. But she's too busy eating all the herbs. I never even tasted coriander. I just guessed. I just randomly guessed. You just guessed. Yeah, I randomly guessed. Wow. <laughs> I'm intelligent. Okay, well, I have to say you did a great, great job of that. Now it's time for the next one. I'm going to take something. I'm going to put it up to your nose and you're going to have to guess what it is. I think I know what it is, but I just forgot. I do not know what it is. Okay, Can so I open my eyes now? does anybody have a guess first with their eyes closed? Oh. I know, I know, I know what it is. I just forgot. Okay, so you can open your eyes. What do you see? Um, I'm going to break off a piece. Basil. It's a plant. Ba- parsley. Basil. Parsley. That's brilliant. Well done. Basil was very close, Oscar, but came and got it with parsley. So, take a look at it. Describe that for me. Can I eat it? You can, you eat, can it. eat it, yeah? Yeah, do you eat it? Do you like parsley? Mm. It's kind of good for your breath. If you ever have any garlicky food or if you have cheese and onion crisps, you can have a bit of parsley afterwards and it kind of makes your breath smell better. So, what does it look like? Well, it looks, it looks like, like a bush. bush. It looks like a bush, kind of curly leaves, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> Vivian's eating loads of it here. You love parsley. Okay, I think that's enough parsley for you. It looks like a bush. And what kind of things would you have parsley in now? Well, my mom used to have a tree of it, but then it died. Yeah, it's hard to hard to keep the old herbs growing in Ireland's weather. It's better off keeping them inside sometimes because they like they like weather that's a little bit drier yeah, than our weather. It was inside the kitchen, and it was ages ago. I think it was last year. Okay, so you and might also grow another like one in Spain and stuff like that. They always go. Yeah, exactly, because the country's hot, isn't it? It's boiling and it barely rains. Exactly, exactly, and that's really good for plants, although they do need some water. Well done for the sniff test. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Okay, thanks a million taste buds. See you again. Bye. Bye. Time to head to Paddy's Plot to see what's growing. Paddy's Patch! Hello, my name is Paddy and I like to grow my own fruit and vegetables along with flowers and herbs here on my little allotment in Malahide beside the sea. You can plant everything in springtime. Uh, My two favourites are potatoes and sunflower seeds. And the things you need to harvest are uh, spring lettuce, asparagus, chives, carrots. And the things you need to do around the plot to maintain it, make sure you make slug traps. So you can do this, get an older uh, adult to help you make the slug traps with some sugar and water or some beer. And that'll entice all the slugs and snails away from eating your small little seedlings and into the traps. And you can sprinkle eggshells around the beds to prevent the slugs and snails coming into your garden as well. And remember, keep pulling up the weeds to give your seedlings a chance to grow big and strong. Pesto is one of my favourite things to eat in spring. But what is it made from? Let's find out. Hi, we're the Taste Buds. 
do you know what pesto is made from? No. It's made from a herb called? Rhubarb? I don't really know, but I suppose it's made of a plant. Do you know what pesto is made from? Basil. Have you ever heard of pesto? Yes. What's it made from? Grass. Pesto is made from basil. Pesto is usually made from garlic, basil, oil and pine nuts and a little bit of cheese if you like cheese. But you can make pesto from just about anything, even wild garlic and nettles. Today we've been speaking about spring. It's a time where lambs are in the fields and seedlings are beginning to shoot up. The air is fresh mm, and full of smells of farming as people start to get back to work in preparation for the growing season. Let's breathe in that fresh spring air. And stretch and wake yourself up after a sleepy winter. Now, sitting in a comfortable position, start by cupping your hands around your mouth. Take a deep breath in through your nose and slowly start to blow out through your mouth, growing your hands outwards with your breath. As if you were blowing up a huge balloon. Once your balloon is as big as it can be and you've finished your exhale, you can breathe normally and imagine your balloon floating in front of you before it floats off up into the air and up into the bright spring sky. That's all the pot wonders we have for today. All this talk of food is making me peckish, so I'm off to see what's in the pot for lunch. Catch you next time for more Pot Wonders. This series was made with the support of BAI Sound and Vision Funding.